Good morning, everybody. I was trying to finish up my peppermint before I turned my mic on so you didn't hear me crunching. All right, I guess it's time to go ahead and get started. Again, fundamentals of the faith. We've been talking about that for, uh, this is is lesson number uh, nine. Um, I'm not going to do the big long recap of everything. I'm sure we've done that enough now to keep everybody uh, up to speed with what we've talked about. But uh, I'm going to continue to make a recap as I go on my end. And at the end, it'll be part of the last handout. So you'll have something to look back on with kind of the points and the main points of all the lessons. um, uh, Just to kind of look back at if you so choose. But again, we've we've gone through authority, the the covenants, um, the origins and distinct natures, um, uh, the identities, the identity of the church, uh, and then uh, mission. And last week we talked about the worship. Um, this week we're going to talk about the Lord's Supper. To start that, I want to read a few passages. Uh, or unless I can get some volunteers to read for me, that'd be that'd be great too. Um, someone will, if you wouldn't mind, read Matthew 26, verse 26 through 29. Perfect. Thank you. How about Mark 14, 22 through 25? Thank you. That's good. Uh, Luke twenty two seventeen through twenty. Perfect. Thanks. And then the last one, First Corinthians eleven twenty three through twenty six. I'll read it. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night He was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant of my blood. Do this whatever you drink, whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We've got a, 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 a Explicit example, you know, it's it's absolutely, um, we know exactly what we're doing here. Is, is the Lord's Supper the reason that we come to gather to worship? Right. That's right. It's one of the main reasons that we come for worship, right? That's right. Uh, does anybody know when, um, what, what was the setting when they were, when this was instituted? That's right. They were, uh, as after the... Uh, uh, the Lord's Supper and observing the Jewish Passover with the apostles, right? Uh, Passover commemorated what? Passover comm- commemorated God's deliverance from the uh, the Jews from Egyptian bondage, um, and uh, specifically reminded the Jews of the occasion of of uh, what what happened on that occasion. That's right. So. Um, because of the blood that they were going to put on their doorposts uh, and on their on the lentil and doorposts, the Lord was going to pass them over uh, their homes. You're right. Um, 
I don't think it was an accident that uh, the uh, Lord's Supper was instituted um, at the Passover feast. Do you? I think it kind of goes hand in hand, kind of makes sense. What I want to talk about today, uh, knowing that we all agree that this is an integral part of our um, our worship service and our, our worship to God, is um, a few of the reasons why uh, it was instituted. One being it was instituted um, uh, as as an extremely significant um, action for our worship and and for the church. Also, it was instituted uh, to be observed uh, at a certain frequency, so we'll talk about that shortly. And then also it was instituted as a special feast for uh, certain people, and then we'll we'll be... We'll be finished with the class today, but um, I want you all to feel free to make comments, chime in, uh, give your thoughts and opinions as I go through this, because uh, I think it will, you know, the Lord's Supper is something that we all are very familiar with, um, but there's more to it, you know, there's that we just need to understand on a deeper level, uh, and I think that, you know, hearing from everybody will help us uh, to learn everything that we can about it. Um, when Jesus instituted his feast, he emphasized that it was new. He says in Mark 14:25, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. What was new about this feast? What's new about the Lord's Supper, about this feast? I've got several things that make it new. What is it? That's right, the new covenant. It's of a new covenant. That's new. Right? It's a new memorial about being in a new kingdom. Right? Um, if you read uh, Mark 9, verse 1, uh, Jesus told of his partaking of the elements in the kingdom, which was soon to be established. And then also, um, it was on a new day. Right? So let's start with the Lord's Supper was a, a new feast, a new memorial. Jesus had observed and celebrated many feasts and memorials under the, under the old law, uh, commemorating a number of events in the Jewish history. Um, anybody have any, any ideas what some of those were? We just talked about one. The Passover, right? Um, let's see. Then, um, so obviously this is, a, this is a new one. This is a new feast, a new memorial that he's establishing, that Jesus can establish. The Lord's Supper was also um, in a new kingdom. Um, Jesus foretold of his partaking of the elements in the new kingdom, uh, which was soon to be established. I'm sorry, I just said that. Uh, But it was in a new covenant. Jesus said this covenant is the new covenant in what? Luke 22.20. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. So the new covenant is a new covenant in his blood. Uh, he would abolish the old covenant and usher in the new covenant with this, um, with this, uh, with his uh, sacrifice. Um, the blood of Jesus provided remission of our sins in order for one to enter in the new kingdom, into the new covenant with the Lord. So it was necessary. And then also, it was established on a new day. What do I mean by a new day? Right. They had been celebrating uh, the Sabbath or, you know, commemorating on, uh, on the Sabbath with their delivered deliverance from their bondage. And then now they would the Christians would be doing this 
um, on the first day of the week uh, to remember the deliverance from their bondage. So on the first day of the week, the day on which Christ rose triumphant over his death, Christians were to remember their deliverance from bondage and it was all, the supper was new, it was a new feast, it was a new memorial, it was a new kingdom, a new covenant, a new day, and for a new people. Again, the Christians uh, being a new people. So now let's move on. Now that we know what, what it is and what, it, what was new about this feast, let's talk a little bit about the Lord's Supper being um, and how significant it is for the church. Anybody got any comments or questions? Right. That's right. Initiated this, the new code. Yeah. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, anybody else? Any questions or comments? All right. Let's talk about uh, the significance of the Lord's Supper. Um, what do we refer to the Lord's Supper as? A lot of times, communion. Um, is communion is taking the Lord's Supper? Technically, the communion, or, or, or is it more like what's happening at the time when we're partaking of the Lord's Supper? Um, I have in my notes here. There's a the Greek word for uh, communion is uh, koinonia, and that actually translates to fellowship. So that's technically what's happening at that at that moment. Communion is not just what it's called; it's what's happening. The cup of the blessing which we bless. Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? Um, is the bread we break, is that not the communion of the body of Christ? But um, it, it's what we're doing. It's uh, we're fellowship. It's part of the fellowship, the participation, the partnership, and the sharing. Uh, and that's what we enjoy when we partake of the Lord's Supper. Uh, and who are we partaking that with? Yeah. Him. Right? So um, one of the notes that I have here is... Uh, you know, if you can imagine sitting in the pew when you partake of the Lord's Supper, um, imagine him sitting next to you, partaking that with you. Uh, maybe our minds would be a little more focused at that point if we can think of it that way, right? Because that's what's happening. All right, any thoughts or questions so far on that part of it? On what's happening? Anybody got any uh, comments on my comment about it being uh, the partnership and fellowship and, and such? It's a time for memorial. Um, God knew that his people needed memorials in order to remember him, right? Um, he set up other memorials for us in the past. And uh, even you know, when crossing the Jordan, the Israelites selected 12 stones as a memorial of what God did. That's in Joshua 4. Um, upon delivering the Israelites from bondage in Egypt, the Lord established the Passover feast as a, as a memorial of what he had done. So this is another one. And two times Jesus uh, commanded us to do this in remembrance of him. Thoughts, comments, just please shout them out. Um, I don't want this to be you know, just too simple of, of discussion about something that we're all very familiar with. There's, there's a lot more to it, but I'm going to need your help to pull it all out. Um, two elements that of the Lord's Supper of the supper themselves provide the key to the memorial. One was the unleavened bread. What is that a, uh, an emblem of? It's his, it's his, right? It's his sinless, lifeless body, right? 
This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Um, let's see. The fruit, of the, the fruit of the vine. That's an emblem of the shed blood. Right? Um, again, he says, This is my blood of the uh, new covenant, which is shed for many. You know, there's some, I believe, in the in other um, denominations, maybe, that I've heard and these notes that I have um, where people think that um, the, the wine and the, and the bread or the, the, the fruit of the vine and the bread actually transform into the actual body of Jesus when we partake. Has anybody else heard that? It's Catholic. Yeah, it's Catholic. Okay. And that's referred to as transubstantiation. Okay. Substantiation. Uh, yeah, that's what I tried to say. Um, but is this anywhere in the scripture? All right, that's right. That's a man-made thought. Uh, so we have to be careful with those things. But there's a lot of other things that we'll get into in a minute that um, obviously man has tried to uh, impose onto the Lord's Supper. Um, has anybody had any experience with that? Or, I mean, if, I've known know people who feel that way. Yeah, every Catholic, I guess. Yeah. All right. Um, Yeah, he's to pray the whole time, right? But a couple of uh, small congregation get from but well, at that time they passed one cup. Right. They believe the small group at that point right there wasn't. Well he had never that'd be that'd be that would definitely be an experience. But it is out there Christ. Yeah. I mean, what would you do in that situation? I'm trying to think right now if that was if I was in that situation, what I what I would do. But I I mean I guess I'd go ahead and but what, based off what it's what it reads right there, pulling that out of what you read, yeah. Anybody else have any thoughts about that? That's right. Right. Yeah, we'd have to refill it several times, right? I never thought of it that way. Be there all afternoon. So we'll we'll talk about that in a minute too about. Um, when we talk about the frequency and occasions, uh, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. No, you're, you're fine. Uh, absolutely. But, yeah, I want to talk about that in, in a minute, too, because there are some things that obviously we hear and we know that other uh, congregations and, um, and denominations uh, just see the whole thing differently. That's right. That's that self-examination part of it, which we want to talk about, too. Um, you know, um, we'll move on from that. Um, we'll move on to the next point because it's going to, Jeremy's led us into there. Um, it was instituted as a time for us to do some self-examination, right? What is the self-examination that needs to take place during the Lord's Supper? When we're partaking of the Lord's Supper, what should we be doing? That's right. We examine ourselves. But what does that, what does that mean? When I say examine ourselves, what does it mean uh, during that time? That's right. We need to be reflecting on our own lives and how we're living life and, you know, what that is. It's, it's, a, it's a perfect time, not only for us to proclaim what the Lord has done for us at that moment, but also to think about how are we living our lives? Does it match up 
with um, with what he's done for us and what he's asked for us to do. Um, and sometimes I know there's a lot of distractions and things that are going on during uh, partaking the Lord's Supper, but you know that's the place where we, that's the time, definitely the time in service when we need to be clear in our mind, focus on that, put everything else. We say it all the time. I know it's hard to do, you know, when there's things going on, but it's important that we actually, we know that it's important, and we, we take it as it's important, and it's not just the step of the first part of worship. Um, that's right. He took it for us, right? You know, and not only is it an opportunity or a time for us to be doing a lot of self-examination when we're taking the Lord's Supper, we've got to remember it's, not, it's also not the time for us to be examining others. That's not our. That's not what. That's not what that time's for. So we got to remember that it's it's time for us to focus on what He's done for us and how we're living our lives, and not comparing others to how we live our lives or anything like that. So <clears throat> just things to keep in the back of your mind when you know there may be other things going on in your life or the people you see here and you're trying to figure out who they are or what what they're about. You know, um, but. It's self-examination. Just blending it all together. That's right. That's right. The two things that we have to do, really, to uh, make sure that we are partaking of the Lord's Supper, like you said, Chuck, are to be remembering the Lord uh, at at that time and examining ourselves. If we're not doing those two things, um, we're not partaking in a a worthy manner, which we're supposed to do. Um, It's time for us to concentrate on what we're doing, to uh, reflect on who we are and how we're living our lives, and uh, be a total devotion uh, to Christ at that at that moment. And I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to focus my mind, but also other things are running through my head. I hope, I, mean, I hope, I hope I'm the only one, but I also hope I'm not the only one, so I don't want to be an outcast. That's right. That's right. And people who know that we do that on the on the regular basis, as we're instructed, um, you know, we're proclaiming that same message for them to hear and to see too. That that's, um, you know, so. That's right. And we'll get into that too in a minute because I got I got something to say about that. Um, it's more of a personal level, but I want to ask your opinion. It's one of the things where I ask your opinion. And y'all give it to me, and then I leave here more confused than I was. But anyway, go ahead. That's right. Well, you're, you're absolutely right, you know, and that's probably something I can do better is from the time I get up that morning, start preparing my mind, you know, let, you know start trying to think of things, not be thinking about where I'm going to eat lunch after service or you know, what i got to do at home for those hours between church today. Uh, but that every, this, this whole day is the Lord's day, and my mind needs to be focused on that. And when I'm doing these things, I need to be, my mind needs to be in the right place. Um, so I know I can do better about that, but encourage us all to do better about that. Um, so let's get into something that's a little more, um, causes a little more division. Anybody think of what that might be when it pertains to the Lord's Supper? About the frequency. How often we take it? Um, what are what are some other experiences or um, I guess frequencies that we know of that others partake and just try to justify? Once a quarter? 
is that is that, is that focused on one denomination, or is that something that, or is that just, you know, I'm I'm asking you. I mean, and it's, it, I'm sorry. It's different, it's denominations. different denominations. Do it once a quarter. I, I've asked these questions because my uh, my experience with church is it's all Church of Christ. You know, I was I wasn't I didn't grow up in the church. Um, you know, I met Cassie, became a member, uh, you know, when I was 30 years old or close to it. Um, and so everything that I know is what I've been taught here. I've been lucky enough to start here. You know, some people uh, aren't so lucky. But, um, yeah, so some Easter, yep. that's right. Some, some do it weekly, monthly, quarterly. Um, Annually, like Easter or Christmas, um, you know, it's obvious that if you read the Bible, God didn't give different commands to different people. We all got the same command. Um, Does the Bible give us any um, direction on frequency? Every week has a first day, right? Not just a certain time. Every week has a first day. it, it doesn't leave it wide open. It is, it's obvious uh, when you read the Bible that we are commanded to partake of the Lord's Supper every first day uh, of the week. Um, if it wasn't commanded a certain frequency, then any of those times would be correct, right? It, but it is commanded. Um, and if it wasn't specified, if you think about it, then just doing it once in your life would be sufficient. Um, but it's, that's not the way it was. The, the apostles taught all the churches, and they taught all the churches the same. They all got the same instruction, and they were all led by the same example uh, that they were to do that on the first day of the week. Um, and that's, that's the example that we have to follow. Any thoughts, questions? I'm just curious, you know, how that gets, how that gets justified uh, you know, I think about it sometimes. It's like, where does that come from? Where they feel like that's not important. That's why you, it's. I mean, I tell you, when I have to miss a Wednesday, sometimes I feel like, you know, I've it's my whole week's thrown off because you need that every now and then to come back together, just to be together. And so, if they weren't commanded to come together every first day of the week and partake of the Lord's Supper every first day of the week. It, it, I just, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. It was created because he knew we needed it. Um, and then we, he knew we needed to, to have that memorial to be able to remember him by. Um, <laughs> that's right. If you think about it, too, you can ask those, you can ask them, or, you know, I'm sure they probably, I, I don't know. I mean, if the thought is, how often are we commanded to give? Give back. There's no nobody has a problem with that. You know what I mean? Like that's not debated. That's not debated. That, that, that's special every week. Yeah, I just I, it's just obvious. It's picking and choosing of what uh, what they want to do, and you know it's just something that I have a hard time understanding the justification there. But I'm sure they would have plenty to tell me. Uh, but I've never. Yeah.
That's right. And it's not like it's obscured in the texture anywhere, in the scripture anywhere. Um, I mean, it's it's plain. It's plainly described. It's several times stated. Um, so there's just there's absolutely no reason to to think that it should be any other way. And well, I think we. That's right. They don't focus on the. Yeah, but it's, we're not supposed to forsake the assembly. You know, that's commanded as well. Yeah, so if, if we think about, you know, all the evidence that's in the, in the scripture uh, for the uh, frequency that we're supposed to partake, uh, the New Testament church, you know, they continued steadfastly, it says, uh, several times in the Lord's Supper. That, that alone means that they continue to do something on a regular basis, uh, on, a, on, a, on a regular frequency. Um, they came together for the purpose of eating the Lord's Supper. That was the focus of the assembly. Um, and they did this every first day of the week as they were commanded. Um, so, you know, in summary, therefore, the, the New Testament church um, was coming together to eat the Lord's Supper every first day of the week. And that's just how it was. And that was taught to all the churches by the apostles. They were all taught the same. And they all continued to do that. There is a, uh, I had a, go ahead, somebody have a comment? Sorry. Um, I had a, during this study, I, I came across something that I'd never, I'd never heard or thought of before. Um, and maybe you all can help me understand a little bit more. I did some research to find out what it was about and what the practice was, but it says um, open and closed communions. I'd never heard that before. And, Am I the only one that wasn't, it's not familiar with the term of open or closed communions? Does anybody know what that means? That's right. So that's the, that's the personal question of my mm-hmm. It's We're supposed to be self-examining, right? Not examining others. Uh, but, you know, yes. Well, I didn't know what it was. Now I do. I think I, from what I read, that's right. That's accurate. Does anybody else have anything they want to say about that? That's why I read it too. Yeah. And that would be considered part of a closed communion. It's closed off to anybody but their members or people they know. Whatever day they pick. I mean, yeah, I agree. You know, that they kind of caught me off guard when I read that. The you know a close the idea of being in a congregation uh, about, about to partake in that, and you know not being welcomed to partake in it. Uh, because of that, or open communion, where I guess there are situations where you know it doesn't really matter if you want it, if you want to do it, you you can do it regardless. You know, I understand that there's so me asking this question. So I've had visitors that I've invited before. Uh, two things that made me feel bad about this. Uh, one, because just because of how I felt about it, that made me feel bad about it. But I'll explain. I've had visitors come before that I knew were not baptized. Um, and I didn't do the job up front of maybe giving an example or talking through it or explaining it a little bit to the visitor when they come. They see everybody else doing it. They feel like that's what they're supposed to do because they don't know any better. I felt bad because, man, what, I know that. I should, have, I should have stopped them from saying it, from doing that. Well, no, probably I shouldn't have. It, that's not what it's about. I, I shouldn't have said anything, and I didn't, thank goodness. Um, but the other side is the fact that that I felt like I needed to do that. 
you know, I felt like I needed to make that correction on the spot. Uh, and then, you know, nobody, that's not the way it should be. But I do think it is our responsibility, you know, if we're inviting people and encouraging people to come, let them know what to expect. And part of letting them know what to expect is why we do certain things, you know, and when we do certain things um, so that, you know, they don't feel uncomfortable later on as well. Um, I've had that happen uh, a few times uh, just with visitors being here. And, you know, I think let's just all remember that. And I think you all are you're way ahead of me. So, you know, we won't we won't be that way to people. We won't try to correct people on the spot. But it's a it's a great opportunity uh, for education and, um, you know, continued Bible studies to be able to talk about things like that with them. Uh, any thoughts or comments on that situation or anything that we've spoken about so far? So what part are you referred to? Like if if someone doesn't know? It's a self-advice. That's right. That's right. That's exactly what we were, that part of that self-examination that we mentioned earlier truly needs to stop at the self at that moment. We focus on ourselves and not about, you know, oh, I don't think that person's baptized or, I, you know, I should have told them not to take that. That's not where our mind needs to be focused. It needs to be focused on us and how we're living our lives and what Christ has done for us. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think that's a, that's a good point, Phil. But um, I learned a tough lesson that time, uh, but it didn't have any effect on this this person. You know, so that that that's what I'm glad I didn't because I didn't want to turn anybody off or make anybody feel uncomfortable. As far as um, a conclusion, we can talk about the things that we've we've mentioned. You know, I know we're all very familiar with the Lord's Supper. I know we're all very uh, educated in the points. That's right. Abs- you're absolutely right. You can teach with by example, and you can you can always teach with empathy and love and compassion and uh, you know patience, and that'll go a whole lot further than just you know in your face correction. Uh, that's how I feel about it. And um, before we leave, I know we mentioned a minute ago, I, I said I would say something about the uh, occasions outside of worship. Um, you know, there's no, there's no scriptural um, authority about partaking of the Lord's Supper at any time outside of um, worship service of the first day of the week. Uh, I'm sure we all remember, know that, but um, that's just one of those other points that I feel like we run into, and we need to be cautious and guard ourselves, because that's another teachable moment, as uh, Laura was talking about, that when we don't do things, we also are teaching those around us when we don't participate in things as well. Um, again, so first day of the week, that's what we're commanded to examine ourselves, proclaim uh, you know, proclaim to the Lord you know, what we know that what he's done uh, for us, and uh, that we couldn't have done that for ourselves. Uh, it's a special feast, it's new, it's for us as Christians, and let's just all make sure that every day, every Sunday when we gather to partake of the Lord's Supper, that like we've said, we focus our minds before, during, and after because it's the, it's the full Lord's Day, uh, and our heart and our minds need to be fully committed to it at that time. So I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Have a good rest of the worship.